0: The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to break down the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Uh, We begin this week by discussing the drama with eddie kingston john moxley and kenny omega mike hit the drop stock up stock down
0: this segment was fun it reminded me of the authority john cena angle from a few years ago where uh seth rollins threatened to break edge's neck if they didn't get what they wanted uh but this was really fun i love our kind of anti-heroes acting like anti-heroes we don't I don't need them to be doing the goody two shoe baby face stuff. I want them to be the badasses that they are. And threatening to break Omega's ankle and telling Don Callis, give us what we want or we're going to do it, uh, I thought was really effective. I thought it was a kind of a good way to get beyond the bullshit of dealing with Kenny Omega and his faction. Because if you break the leg of the collector, uh, (laughs) you don't really have. A dominant faction anymore so i thought this was great uh kingston's voice was getting rather hoarse by the end of that just screaming uh give me it was kind of it's not as good as batista screaming give me what you want but uh give me what i want but i thought it was pretty good joel what were your thoughts on this segment
1: so i really enjoyed it i thought it was well done by all of the participants involved the one thing that kind of stuck out to me as you know a, a problem is a tag match with omega and nakazawa that's what you want (laughs) like you have don Callis, you know the invisible hand the person who's facilitating all of kenny omega and their factions moves you've got that person saying anything you want just don't break his leg and you ask for a a non-title tag match with omega and nakazawa Really? <laughs> so that didn't uh, really work for me. But, you know, at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. Uh, it was a fun segment, and it, it did a good job of advancing the characters and advancing the storyline forward.
0: Yeah, it, it was it was interesting because they they also made the Seidel Brothers do the Eliminator match, and it kind of shows that you have to do things in order to get what you actually want. So I thought that was an established theme. And, um, I guess to me, like, yeah, it was kind of weird. Like Nakazawa hasn't really been involved at all here. Um, so that, that was a little funky. I guess my mindset is that invisible hand is a monkey paw. It doesn't matter what he gives you. It's not going to be what you actually want. So just get, get Kenny in the ring, do what you want to do. And, you know, that will probably lead to the story just continuing until double or nothing. So, um, yeah, poor, poor Nakazawa though. I really loved uh, Kenny's like, you know what he signed up for? Do it. It's like, like (laughs) that's some freaking like game of Thrones, Machiavellian shit. Like whatever. He, he knew exactly what was going to happen because of this. And I loved Brandon Cutler being thrown out and him looking scared shitless when he got onto the stage. Like, they're not even playing these goons, man. You got goons are gonna go down. Red shirts, man. They poor, poor line of work, I guess, for those guys.
1: It just makes you think of uh Galaxy Quest and the guy who's you know gonna sacrifice himself because you know what what does he really matter? And and Tony Shaloub <laughs> is like, well, maybe maybe you're the plucky comic relief
0: guy. you know what i thought of i thought of austin powers uh when uh dr evil grabs someone i don't even know someone important and then Austin powers grabs uh scott evil and dr dr evil goes like what do i care shoot the little bastard (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) so poor knock's gonna be the sacrificial lamb here um but yeah i i think this is this was a interesting turn on what is kind of I don't know about you. It's felt a little stale here lately, especially with kind of the anticlimactic running into the uh, the trailer, trailer last week, yeah. where like there was no re- no damage shown, no no repercussions. So um, yeah, they should have broken his ankle, anyways. <laughs> like that would have been the 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 way to go. It's like yeah, you know what? We don't actually want that. and Just smashed his leg.
1: Well, that only works if they're actually evil. So this allowed them to kind of maintain their, you know, still their their uh, chaotic good, I think, if we want to put this in <laughs> in role playing terms. So uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think this is is shaping up to be interesting. and uh, Nakazawa and Omega obviously have a long history going back to their time in DDT pro wrestling in Japan. so, uh, they've been a tag team before, and this should be fun. Um,
0: yeah, before we uh Yeah, uh, what do you think of the collector, the belt collector kind of gimmick we've seen from Kenny all over social media, him laying in like with all the belts on top of him? How many more belts can this man win? Because well, I kind of want to see them all. I think he
1: needs like five more to beat Ultimo Dragon. So
0: The best picture of all time, if you haven't seen it. It's Ultimo Dragon with his arms out and just belt upon belt. Just I believe
1: he <laughs> has eight. So I'm
0: looking at it now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten on his body okay. at that point. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so I was okay, reading. He's got a
1: little ways to go. He's not quite yeah, Ultimo Dragon yet.
0: He's got a little ways to go. But I was reading that Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, recognizes twelve official world championships over in the entire world through cross promotions the only one that really isn't obtainable is the wwe championship here so let's get let's get 11 of 12 man what's stopping us
1: ring of honor presumably
0: ah well yeah everything else with the forbidden door is kicked through man it doesn't exist anymore based off of what we've seen over the last few weeks few months
1: yeah, while we're on the topic, I know this isn't in the rundown, but did you see the news that John Moxley is going to be defending the IWGP US heavyweight championship against Yuji Nagata on Dynamite in 2 weeks?
0: I so you tweeted about it and our buddy Larnell tweeted about it. I do recognize him from my early WCW days. But, Joel, for the, the fans who don't know, can you give us a little background on, uh, what did you say, Blue Justice? Yes, that is the Blue Justice. nickname. So is he part he, of the Blue World Order? Uh, uh,
1: he is the guy who comes out to the ring wearing a shirt that on the inside of the shirt has a picture of his face on it. And so he'll pull his shirt up over his face, and there's a picture of his face doing the kind of Undertaker eyes rolled back thing. And then he'll pull the shirt down and he's rolled his eyes back up into his head while he's had the shirt up. So it's kind of a cool effect. Uh, he's known for, you know, kind of strong style, particularly his kicks uh, are, are pretty hard hitting. And this is an older wrestler. As you mentioned, he did wrestle mm-hmm. on WCW back in the day. And uh, he's been in New Japan for a long time. Uh, he, I believe, was world champion at one point, IWGB heavyweight champion. Uh, a couple of times and he's great. I really enjoy Yuji Nagata and I always looked forward to his matches, even though he didn't win a lot of them in the recent uh, G1 tournaments, he was always in them and uh, he's great. He's, you know, classic Japanese babyface. So uh, this should be a fun match. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if Moxley is going to be more antagonistic in this match, since he's kind of more of a heel Within New Japan, so mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a, a fun thing to to check out, and I'm just excited that we're getting more of these kind of crossover attractions. Because if this continues, you know, there's no telling. Maybe we do see uh, Kota Ibushi take on Kenny Omega at some point. Like there are <laughs> so many possibilities. So
0: one one can dream, man. One can dream, but yeah. Looking at his, uh, Eugene Nagata's championship history here. Yeah, two-time two, dot, two time IW, IWGP heavyweight champion, two-time IWGP tag team champion, never openweight champion. Also won the 2001 G1 Climax. Um, So yeah, a lot of skins on the wall here. And now I, it's just another example of like AW kind of, I don't know, respecting the history of wrestling. Not just American wrestling, but wrestling all over. You know, they they've done a lot to bring in guys that you wouldn't necessarily and women that you wouldn't normally expect to see on American television. So, uh, Larnell told me that he had a match with Kurt Angle and a TNA impact like global special back in 2007. That was spectacular. So he sent me that link. I'll send it to you too, Joel. Let's, let's give that a watch before his, uh, match here in a few weeks. See what, uh, see what all the fuss is about.
1: Sounds good. Well, we'll check back in on that later. One other really significant thing in my eyes that took place on this episode of Dynamite was Brian Cage defeating Adam Page in the opening match. And the reason this felt like such a big deal, one, Adam Page had the number one ranking in singles uh, competition in in AEW. And this also, I feel like, is Brian Cage's first big win. Like, what other signature victories does he have in AEW? And nothing's really coming to mind. Uh, obviously, he's won matches, but it seems like every big spot he's been put in, he's come up short. And uh, I'm really big fan of Brian Cage. Obviously, you know, being the, the mark for Adam Page that I am, I wanted him to win this match and continue his undefeated streak. But... You know, Brian Cage getting the win here is exciting because this is a way to elevate him into title picture, whether he ends up challenging Darby Allen again or challenging uh, Kenny Omega. I mean, Omega machine versus machine. Are you kidding me? Like, let's have that.
0: Yeah, man, I I was not expecting the uh, the win here for Cage just because Hangman Page doesn't really lose all that much anymore like I can't was his last singles loss in the 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 finals of the tournament last fall like it's been that was it? yeah it's been a while so uh what I've liked that they've done here the last few weeks is they've kind of made this number one ranking kind of like a championship like they've been touting Adam Page as the number one ranked wrestler for a while now so Anyone getting the win over him is a big deal. Uh, it's very similar to what they're doing in the women's division right now with Britt Baker uh, in the number one position in that division. So uh, it's it's a good example of being able to make people important out there, being a title on the line. Um, you cannot like there also wasn't a history really. Like yeah, I know that uh, Hangman Page faced Ricky Starks last week, but there's not a huge history between. Page Cage, in this faction here. So for this to happen, I I, I think this is a way to kind of keep Paige out of the title picture for a while because there is a lot of unfinished business. So if you can have basically him and Cage or hell, who else is in that top five? I think Ricky Starks is in that too. Have these guys just jockey for that number one spot here over the next few weeks. Like have them pay close attention to the standings. Have them schedule a watch like this is week 17 of the NFL season. You can make these three, four, five men, however many you need uh, and, and make it compelling. And who knows, maybe you do a blow off match with the top five, you know, put the all top five competitors in a ladder match. And that's the one who actually will go on to face Kenny Omega later this year. So I think, I think there's really good stuff. This is how I envisioned the rankings kind of working when they first announced them. And, there are times when they're committed to it and there's times when they kind of get away from it. And it seems like right now that for the singles men and women's division, the rankings are really proving to be, a uh, actually in the tag division too, because SCU is an awarding team and they came out and kind of set the challenge to the young bucks tonight. So it's nice seeing these, these rankings, if you're going to do them actually play a part into the storytelling and the product on TV.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Now we also, you know, the result is what was interesting, but the match itself was really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was a really prominent display of just how strong Brian Cage is. (laughs) I feel like we haven't gotten a reminder of that on dynamite in a hot minute. Uh, These power bombs and the toss power bomb into the turnbuckle uh, it all just looked devastating. The way Adam Page took the drill claw, kind of bending his body out so that he hit and just crumpled. Um, and Brian Cage catching Adam Page off of the dive and, to the outside. Yeah. Uh, and everything just looks clean. You know, he's, he's so powerful. There's no staggering around. There's no struggling to get someone up into you know, let me give you a powerbomb and then immediately pick you back up and give you another powerbomb and it's going to look completely fluid. And that's just part of what Brian Cage brings to the table because we saw him also pull out a standing moonsault just for kicks and giggles. Sure. That's what you get with a Brian Cage. He is that athletic and agile. So, Mike, were there any spots from this match that really stood out to you?
0: Honestly, you kind of took it Took them all from me here. The, I thought the, the dive out of the ring where he caught hangman, hangman page is not a small dude. Like that's not a guy that you snatch out of the air like that. So, um, I was, I was really impressed there and I, i I was really surprised at the ending. I really wanted them to go another five, something five or so minutes. Cause I thought there was a lot of potential here for these two, two guys. So hopefully not the last time they cross paths. Hopefully this can kind of intertwine with the Christian cage storyline that's going on with team Taz right now. And then just give me cage and page versus cage. And I will be a happy, happy man. You can throw Ricky Starks in there too, but he doesn't rhyme. So it's not as important. Um, but yeah, summary, great match. Uh, cage is awesome. And hopefully not the last time we see these two tango. So well,
1: all right. Well, we have a lot of topics to hit tonight, so uh, let's move into lightning round.
0: Lightning round. Do you want to start? Should I start? How do you want? I can start. Yeah. Why
1: don't I'll you start. start?
0: Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I tweeted. I'm. I don't think I'm gonna like this before the parlay in the ring tonight. I actually really enjoyed this. I thought this was really good. Uh, I like that it was serious and tone from the outgo. There wasn't anything silly in any of these promos. Um, like Jesus, (laughs) was it cash and Dax basically telling Santana Ortiz, tell your kids, daddy's not coming home. Like, holy crap. That is. Dark. Um, I loved, uh, MJF stuff about yeah, Chris. We should thank you. You know the the pressure must feel to carry this company. Where I'm going to relieve you of that pressure once again. Heels till tell the truth and Jericho. I thought his once again it was it reminded me of his promo from a few weeks ago where he was just really like in the zone, passionate, and I love the line of. The summer of 69 was a summer of love. The summer of 2020 is going to be a violence. And for you, <laughs> summer starts early. <laughs> like It was corny, but also like very badass. Like I really, I, I came out of this segment really, I, I enjoyed all of it. I really, I really like what, uh, what, <laughs> what happened here tonight. It was fun.
1: So I, I'm conflicted about this because it, it was full of things that I like, right? But it was like if each of those promos were a different king size candy bar, I don't need that many king size candy bars in a row like you get sick. So I don't know that I needed cash and Dax and Sean Spears and MJF and Jericho like it was so much promo back to back to back to back. And I I've been on record before on this podcast saying I don't prefer the promo parade. It's not my thing. So I'll give props. They all did a really good job. So it's less about the performance and more about just the booking of the segment. I liked that we were hearing from Sean Spears because that felt Mm -hmm. different. And I thought, oh, cool. Sean Spears is going to get to be the spokesman for the pinnacle tonight and kind of show off what he can do. And then we had to bring it back around to MJF. And then we got Cash Wheeler and Dax and then more MJF. And, you know, I thought maybe it was just going to be the the pinnacle. And then, you know, we had Sammy Guevara give his little spiel. And I thought the plot of this was going to be, oh, they got under Sammy's skin and now Sammy's given up the advantage. And so the rest of the team is going to be pissed at Sammy, which to me is a cohesive storyline but then it's like, no, we're, we're all unified. We're all a family. We're all in this together. And, and that just kind of floated away. So I don't know. It didn't totally work for me, even though everything in it was good. I think it was something where it just didn't blend together quite right. It needed a through line to bring all of those disparate parts together and tell me one singular story going into this match.
0: I think if you took all these different promos that they were doing and you use those as part of the buildup over the last few weeks of this story, have Santana Ortiz and Dax and Cash get in each other's faces two weeks ago and have this line, this kind of, Hey, bring the real proud and powerful would have hit differently. You would have had that side of the story building towards this. If we had the Sammy Guevara and the Sean Spears aspect three weeks ago, I think if, I do agree that it was long and I wonder if they just kind of had to get this all in because the match is next week, you know? So I think we've we've talked before how we've kind of been up and down on this feud to begin with because it was hot at first, then it kind of faded and then it was hot again and then it faded. I think if you sprinkled all of these talking points throughout the last month, we wouldn't need a promo like tonight to get us to the finish line of this match next week.
1: That's probably true uh one thing i wanted to talk about in lightning round uh was the young bucks and the side brothers we got a really good uh tag team match and uh it accomplished something which is it made a couple of old guys angry and scu came out after the match to confront the young bucks about their misbehavior in the ring and um we, we also got the worst selling of a, a punch to the balls that I think I've ever seen <laughs> short of no selling it. This was like, what, what is the reaction here? D- are you being shocked with electricity? Like this is just really strange.
0: <laughs> I didn't even notice the selling because I was just preoccupied with the Johnny cage, a uh, low blow, you know, technique. So, a little synergy here between HBO Max and their TNT brethren here for the Mortal Kombat reference. But uh yeah, I I missed the whole selling because I was just geeking out about the uh the the MK references. So I'll have to go back and see how badly which which Sidel was it? Was it Mike?
1: I believe it was Mike.
0: Yeah, well if you're gonna have a Sidell sell-up, let it be Matt Sidel, the better Sidell. Like we don't need this nepotism bullshit. Let Matt do the spot. He's the best. Um, I, but that match, though, I thought was really fun. I, I think yes. he's Matt Seidel, as we saw with his uh, Eliminator challenge with Kenny Omega, can really work with anyone in this company. He is there. He is not. Uh, he's a on the same tier as the Bucks or as Kenny. So, um Get rid of the brother and just let Matt Seidel cook and I'll be happy.
1: I I like them as a tag team. I think they have (laughs) obviously they have good chemistry and they both work the same style. Uh, And and Mike Seidel is no slouch. I mean, he was in Dragon Gate and competed in some big matches. So it's not like he's just been brought in off the street and is learning to (laughs) wrestle. You know, he's he's legit. But, you know, Matt Seidel obviously is the person that we have more of a connection with and who's a little bit more polished as a worker. Uh, But I I enjoyed this match. And uh, I I think given the way the match was won, I I wouldn't be surprised to see the Seidel brothers get another chance in the future. Maybe we see a triple threat match. We haven't seen a whole lot. I mean, have we seen any uh, multi-team? championship matches or or even no. multi-person championship matches
0: no i think though i think
1: it's all been one-on-one
0: the original tnt championship match was in a ladder match So that yes. one like when cody won it but other than that we have not had a single multi-person championship bout um in aw which i find
1: wait the tnt w- championship wasn't in a ladder match originally it was a
0: tournament it was a tournament it was, it was a, a tournament. tournament then yeah I can't think of any if that wasn't. Yeah. So what do you think of that? Do you think that's like a. That has to be like a a guiding principle for us to be what? Two and a half year, almost two years into a W since they started running pay-per-views. And we haven't had a single multi-man championship match. That seems weird. Because they make seem sense unusual, sometimes. but I
1: think part of it is just how ubiquitous they were in the other wrestling company. It felt like, you know, a dozen times a year we were seeing Mm -hmm. the championship, big championships defended and the tag team championships constantly defended in, you know, multi-person matches. The IC titles almost always being Mm -hmm. put up in multi-person matches. So it feels unusual simply because of the points of comparison that we have. Obviously, the indies are always packing as many people into matches as they possibly can. So uh, it does feel weird, but I think it's also going to feel like a big deal when we get that first mm-hmm. triple threat match for the championship.
0: So, yeah, because triple threats are, I think, some of the best rest, like one of the best match types. They, they can be so incredibly good. And I, I think it might have also been just the quality name recognition of the roster. I don't know if they really had enough people to really warrant, multi-man feuds because they just needed to get through you know the early months of only having a handful of recognizable names i think 2021 aw is much better suited to run multi-man multi-people title matches because the the depth of the roster is so much deeper in the way that these stories and the histories of these wrestlers have crisscrossed the entire time i think it's doable now
1: i would argue that the tag team de- tag team division has had the depth uh, previously, I mean, when that division was Probably. red hot last year with Omega and Page holding the titles, there were certainly enough teams that felt big enough and qualified enough to put together a triple threat or even a fatal four way match for the championships. But I think it's also the way that they're counting title defenses as part of the accolade of their champions It's Mm -hmm. harder to do that when you put them in the disadvantaged position of a triple threat or fatal four way. And then you also have to deal with the, you know, does that make it a notice qualification match? Are we going with the standards set by the other wrestling company? Are we making Mm -hmm. up our own rules? So I think they'll get there. I don't think it's like a we will never do this sort of thing just because I don't think AEW is that kind of company. But it is interesting that they haven't done it thus far.
0: Well, but we'll move on after this, but real quick, they did announce a four-way tag team number one contenders match in a few weeks. Uh, so that's, I think it's SCU, Jurassic Express, Varsity Blondes, and the Acclaimed. Oh, next week. It's going to be next week. And then on the same night that Moxie's defending the IWGP is when that championship match will happen. So we are getting a multi-man number one contendership match, which... Same thing. I think we've had some, but not many. So um, we'll be interesting to see how they go from there. God, that was not a lightning round item. That went a little long. Um, I don't even know who brought that up. So Joel, do you have one? You did? Okay, I guess it's my turn then. Um, I got so distracted with our awesome conversation. Uh, Sheeta later, uh, props to Britt Baker for dropping that at the end of her promo. Uh, that made me chuckle and that made me laugh. <laughs> All
1: right. That could be a true lightning round item. I'll keep it in the women's division, though. I got to talk about this Chris Statlander Penelope Ford match. Um, I can't believe we're almost 30 minutes into this recording. And I'm only now bringing up. We got a perfect five out of five on the Orton Power Slam scale. Yep, Chris Statlander bringing the heat right at the beginning of that match too. this was perfect picture perfect i can't say enough great things about the work rate in this match really really loved it um Statlator looks more flexible than mm-hmm. she was before hitting those high kicks and just looked great in this match really excited to have her back and she's someone who i think will be a great foil for whoever takes the title off of sheeta Um, I don't think that they're positioning her as an antagonist to be able to step in and challenge Sheeta for the belt. Uh, But I think she'll be right there whenever presumably Britt Baker gets that championship to step up and have the feud that they probably were meant to have over a year ago at this point. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems like the time for the Dr. Britt Baker championship run is, is coming. Uh, but who knows? She, we, we've thought Sheeta's reign was going to end other times. So it could just keep going and going. Energizer bunny its way to two years on top. Um, yeah, it Chris Tatlander, I would have given her a 5 out of 5 on the Orton scale. And then I saw the slow-ass one that Dustin did later. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a 10 out of 5 compared to <laughs> to the, the the Dusty brother right here. And I'm going to move my lightning Iron item into not necessarily that match because it was fine. Uh, I do love that they're really putting over the Okogo punch. How how long was Shotty Lee Johnson laying there before he got pinned? It was like probably a good ten seconds before the pin attempt even happened. So for him to be down for fifteen seconds is that's a that's a finishing move. Um, but I loved the the brawl on top of the bus. My question: Why was why was Aubrey up there? Why did she follow them up the bus? I mean, there's no reason for a referee to be up there.
1: (laughs) I I mean, I think there's an element of the officials are there to also keep people safe. And so if wrestlers are doing something unsafe, you can bet there's going to be an official around. I I don't know. I'm grasping at straws here, but that's the best I can come up with off the top of my head.
0: I also liked how the reveal was kind of ruined because you could see Cody through the window. Freaking like.
1: I don't think that was the reveal. I think the reveal was that Cody wasn't wearing a suit and wasn't wearing wrestling gear. When was well, the yeah. last time we saw that?
0: Uh, well, the thing is that Jack he's wearing is on a special pre-sale right now, limited edition on pro wrestling tee. So go get it. That's why. I mean, that's
1: cool and all, but seriously, have we seen no, him I, uh... in anything other than a suit or wrestling gear since like in the, the beginning of AEW, Because
0: I know there's been like training montages, videos of him where like he's not in wrestling gear. He's I not mean, in his suit. Really he's in like, count, he's in like af- athletic wear. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, his shoes were fancy as fuck, though. So at least the trend of Cody having some nice foot game. I mean, they uh, were nice sneakers, tonight.
1: but they were sneakers. They were so nice, though. I liked him, but it's still, it's unusual to see it is it, Cody in sneakers.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about this awesome brawl on the top of Rip- No, 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 no. We got to talk about the man's wardrobe. So, <laughs> anywho, thought I thought it was fun. Uh, they are facing off next week, and Blood and Guts is now basically a mini pay per view. So, uh, big, big, big show. Um, next week. Yeah, maybe
1: we'll get a Paul White appearance. Uh, I have
0: one more thing if you don't have anything else, but
1: uh, I was going to bring it back around to something that I know you want to talk about, which is your boy, Christian cage.
0: That was a great promo, man.
1: I loved this promo <laughs> and it, it just, it, it was note perfect for me. He, he hit all the things he talked about what Taz is doing, how, how, has wishes he could get in the ring and do what Christian is doing, which feels true. Talked about how when these guys that everybody knows they're gonna be successful anyway, when they achieve success, you're gonna be there to bask in the glory. And when they realize that they're better off without you, you know, I mean it it's it was so good. And
0: yeah, I, I love the I love the line of it basically sums up why Christian Cage is an AW there's not wins and losses there's are are you win and you learn and they learned basically when they lost to me over the last few weeks i thought that was a really good line i think it kind of tells you like hey he knows exactly what he's here to do um a little you know a little meta if you want to go into it like i'm here to help get you know help these kids learn give them the rub but um yeah, it was great. And like I really wanted like now I kind of want like Christian and versus Taz. Like, can Taz still go? Like, <laughs> I'm sure they can make it work.
1: I I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> I'd be interested to see it, but I, I just I thought this was an excellent promo, and I, I'm excited for everything that Christian does right now. I, and I was never a huge Christian mark. Uh, previously I was always an edge guy and Christian's really winning me over here. I'm really digging what he's doing.
0: Well, Joel, you know, it's, it's okay to be wrong. It happens. You will learn. You will be converted to a Christian cage and we'll be peeps together. So (laughs) also, okay. Taz has always been kind of known to be short. Like he's listed his build weight height is five, nine. I don't think he's 5'9. He like, might be 5'9.
1: I mean, think I don't about know. the era in which he was wrestling. 5'9 was tiny.
0: True. True. Also, I don't that's know.
1: That's only two inches taller than Rey Mysterio.
0: I know. Like, that's only two inches taller than me. But, like, he just, I don't know. He's shorter maybe, than me. Maybe Christian Cage is taller than his build height because he looked. He looked like he was just kind of towering over him. I don't believe Christian Cage is only four inches taller than Taz. But random. Mean, my random observation of the week. <laughs> 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 A dumb one, as it usually is.
1: Fair enough. Uh, was that the thing you wanted to talk about? Or did you have it, wasn't, thing?
0: it wasn't. It right. wasn't. I actually wanted to talk about Orange Cassidy and Pentagon and him just blasting Pentagon with the the Superman punch with the microphone. That looked devastating. Pentagon mm-hmm. sold the hell out of it. And also, like, I kind of like like this is a blood story, you know, based off of what happened last year with the death triangle. So for uh it to result in that and Cassidy getting a huge, huge win. Like this was probably this his second biggest win of his AW career after Jericho. Uh Getting a not a clean, but getting a win over Pentagon, I think is, is just huge. So uh, I really hope that the other Death Triangle members show up at some point and we can really get this uh, six man feud here going because that match was fun and the end result was great.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, it really seemed like Orange Cassidy was going to lose this match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how you want to win as a baby face, because it makes the win feel to your point that much bigger. So I think, you know, kind of taking a leaf out of Christian's playbook here, this match was reminiscent of Christian and powerhouse Hobbs from last week in the way that it was set up and orange Cassidy getting the crap beaten out of him for most of the match and then rallying coming back and having to resort to extreme measures to Mm -hmm. win. And I, I think it still counts as a clean win because there was prior interference on the other side. So it always kind of feels like you can keep your baby face status when if they cheat first, you know, exactly. So, uh, I, I think it was fair play and, uh, yeah, I, the right person won the match and, uh, it's not going to hurt Penta at all to lose to orange Cassidy.
0: Uh, my spot of the night was in this match too, when Cassidy got out of the arm breaker by putting his hand in his pocket. That was such yeah, a fun, was fun struggle.
1: <laughs> I really uh, enjoyed the spot where Cassidy went to dive out of the ring and Penta caught him in a military press. Mm-hmm. That
0: was held crazy. With, like, held him up with one hand.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the one hand thing. OK, whatever. Cassidy's holding himself up. That's not as impressive to me. But the catch, the catch was impressive. I don't know that I've yeah. seen that spot done with two guys that are that close together in stature.
0: Yeah. And it, I think it's kind of the AW, like, it's like when you see wide receivers or NFL players after your like their rookie years, like, wow, they look way better shape. I think a lot of these guys, since they've been in AW, have like gotten on a better workout routine, workout regimen, because um, you've seen some pretty fascinating body transformations since the debut of the company. And I'm sure Pentagon has been put in the work too. Um, I have, God, I'm failed to mention this when we talked about the L brothers, but that kind of flip into the tombstone position. Uh, oh, when yeah, they went that to That was really, that impressive. was so fucking clean. It, it, I like, I literally like, I had to rewind. I'm like, cause I blinked. I'm like, what the hell just happened? How, how'd they end up here? So props up, but yep. Uh, I, that, that would be everything for me, uh, in lightning around Joel. So if you don't have anything else, we can get this episode wrapped up and I can prepare for NFL Christmas, the NFL draft.
1: Oh, I enjoy it, man. That's, that's all I got for tonight. Um, uh, my happy ass has to be up at five 30 tomorrow morning. So, uh, well,
0: I will make this fast. Then. Okay, guys, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the other wrestling show. Twitter at OWS underscore pod, Joel at the other Joel, me at Michael underscore Aranda. Can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. Can get the podcast on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere your podcasts are available. I think that's it. You think I would have this down by now, but I don't. Joel, just to let you know, you're the number one draft pick in my heart. Oh,
1: join the dark corner.
0: Join the Dark Order.
1: (laughs) Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline.
0: And happy wrestling.